Hey guys, welcome to the space. My name is Fahim Mujahid. I've been working in the performance psychology space for about 12 to 13 years now. And one of the most amazing opportunities I have is when you share this space and the journey with someone that inspires you along the way. I feel so fortunate to be able to share the road with some of the most amazing human beings in the world. And behind the ball is a segment of my podcast that I'm going to start introducing these beautiful gifted, multifaceted human beings to this space so that we can share this beautiful platform together through conversation um, that's going to elicit vulnerability, courage, a little bit of laughter. Um, these people I consider my friends, people who inspire me, and I'm excited to bring them into this space. I am so moved almost to emotion to be able to set this journey um, ablaze with someone with whom I have a tremendous amount of respect for and care for. Um, we've only been on this journey, but for a short period of time, but he already magnifies what it means to be a thought leader and to be inspired by the things that you pour into this world. I want to introduce a friend, um, someone with whom I look up to, someone who gives me mad inspiration. And I'm going to let him introduce himself, how he wants to step into this space, because I think we're constantly evolving. Sometimes these labels we give ourselves, we don't allow ourselves room to expand beyond them. So what I'm going to do is just introduce him as my friend, Daniel Villegas, welcome to welcome to Behind the Ball, man. Thank you, Fa. Appreciate that. It's always awkward receiving compliments. <laughs> and you are like the king of compliments. So how to speak about myself, I don't know. It's yeah. just I let others do it. But if I had to describe myself, Daniel Villegas, yeah. entrepreneur, work with kids and soccer. Those are my two passions. So I try to find businesses that align with those passions and then work from the heart and go from there. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. You know what I love? Danny, is that when I said, hey, this is something I want to do, this is something I feel called to do, you're like, where, where do I need to be? Let's yeah. do it. And even as we were setting up, you're like, I still don't know what we're going to talk about. And yeah. the beautiful thing about it, there's no script, right? There's no agenda. We're just flowing, all right? And whatever shows up is what needs to show up in this moment. So I appreciate you being courageous and not needing to know all those details to still be able to pour in. Well, I'm ready to do anything and everything. <laughs> let's let's see where it goes and let's go. Let's see where the conversation goes. Bro. I'm yeah, open yeah. to it, and I'm always appreciative of spending time with you, having conversation with you. You're such a thoughtful, intentional person, down to the words that you use, how you oh, express yourself. You. So, I always have an appreciation for for people that are like that, oh, and you. I admire that. So, like that's such a good thing that you do, and I try to. I'm more like. What do you call it? Like shoot from the wrist? Just yeah, kind of like... Shoot from the hip. Kinda. Yeah, shoot from yeah. the hips, whatever. So I'm more fast going, fast yeah. paced, and I admire people that can be calm, collected, composed, <laughs> and just get their thoughts out in a clear, concise fashion. I'm, oh, man. I like to ramble. Oh, man. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I'm going to tell, tell my wife you call me calm and collective. <laughs> so thank you. That's you good. know, I, I mean, obviously, I think the, the most powerful place to start, you know, they say art, abstract art, poetry, music... Those are powerful vehicles that you can have someone express what they see in that that can help you get a chance to understand where they are. Yeah. Right. We can stare at the same piece of art and I can say, well, what a part of that art resonates with you. Same thing with poetry. I like to find that window in through um, through poetry or through quotes. And there's a quote that I wanted to bring into this space. And I just wanted to just see what shows up for you and okay. you use that as a vehicle. OK. I believe it was Marcus Aurelius that said man conquers the world by conquering himself. OK. Man conquers the world by conquering himself. What shows up for you in that? What does that mean to you? I mean, I don't think you can conquer the world without conquering yourself. I mm -hmm. mean, that's like kind of the first initial thought. It's kind of you need to work on yourself. 
before you can even impact those around you. Yeah. Um, which I resonate with even like I'm a new father. Yeah. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. Baby Lilu. There you go. But, let's bring um, her, let's bring her spirit into this, <laughs> into this conversation. But it, it reminds me of her when she was coming, I was super intentional with my wife, Stephanie. I was like, Hey, it's like, she's, she was built for motherhood. Like yeah. from before she's been the best aunt, all those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So I knew what was coming in the sense that I knew that she was going to be more than prepared to be a mom, mm. but I was concerned, like, don't forget about me. <laughs> So yeah, of course, and then even I also told her like, don't forget about yourself though yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so well like, you can't be a good mother if yeah. you know we're not right, you're not right. Yeah, you're not well gonna said. even be good to me if you're not right. So, yeah. um, nice. even funny now like that she's not funny, but she's expressed more recently now that we have a friend that's pregnant. She talked about how postpartum is a real thing. She's mm-hmm. like, you go through it, and she's like, I didn't even express that to you because you had so much going on in in Lilu's first weeks of being born, but. Mm-hmm. She was like, you have to, she was like, I had to just fight through it. Yeah. But I think that that kind of made me resonate with that because she has to conquer herself before she can conquer anything around her. Oh, beautifully said. Beautifully yeah. said. You know, speaking on the hills of bringing your your queen into this space and your daughter into this space, you know, being a father, I realized that there was a, a huge relationship I had with conquering a lot of some past demons as well. Right. Not having my father present and not bringing that energy into how I'm showing up for my children. And Mm -hmm. but also knowing because of the absence who I wanted to be. Um, And I noticed that as my wife was going through the pregnancy, it gave me an opportunity to kind of grow into that, grow into how I wanted myself to step into that embodiment of fatherhood. So you talk about knowing that your wife, like knowing from the beginning by how she was as an auntie, that that was going to be a space that she held beautifully. Yeah. So I'm curious, like. How was that relationship with that journey with you? I mean, you're someone with whom I look at the love that you have for your daughter and how you say, I'm not active. I know I need to get better at Instagram. You're always active <laughs> and you're, you're active with, with your beautiful daughter. So were you worried about how you would step into that fatherhood or just like you had that clarity and that, and that sense of knowing within her, did you also know that within you? Yeah. I like, I worked with kids my whole life. My yeah. first, after being a professional soccer player for a couple of years, I stepped into working with kids, um, with toddlers specifically. So I became, I would say gifted with kids. I think I'm really good with kids. So that to me became almost innate and natural. So I was never concerned about being a dad from that perspective Mm. or like showing love. I'm an extremely like loving person. Um, I show affection all the time, too much PDA with my wife when I'm, we're out, but (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is. That's who I am. You're that guy. Yeah, bro. So (laughs) that's who I am. But I would say from the perspective that I was like a bit afraid was, it was with career. Like I'm a very ambitious person and Mm. time is, time is a luxury and it's hard to try to balance all that. You know, there are things that you and I discuss uh, often and trying to figure out what is balance look like? I don't believe in balance in some ways. I'm just mm. like, I'm an extremist and I'm going to be an extreme one way and then an extreme another way. And mm. that's my only concern. But I, I try to, I guess, justify it by saying that I'm doing this for her. And I do believe I'm doing it for her and my family. But, mm. you know, sometimes you, I admire people that can almost like be okay with less yeah. and just be present and yeah, yeah, go yeah. through life and be like, I'm happy with the things I have around me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's hard. Yeah. Listen, man, I respect that. I respect that. And I see, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing about our conversations. Cause oftentimes I see myself reflected in your story and your yeah. journey. And I think so much of my life was spent into, in, in trying to turn that light down, right? Like I should be able to 
be okay here. I should be able to be still here. I should be able to just have enough and be content without being afraid that with content brings complacency, Mm -hmm. right? So I find this way of judging myself and trying to, okay, I'm just going to sit here and be normal. Everybody else is being normal. Are you good? You're good. Okay. I'm good. Fa's good. But what I started realizing is that that desire is if, 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 if it was something that was, if it was something I could control and remove, I couldn't, I, 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 I can't, it's impossible for me to remove that, that yearning. You wouldn't be you. I, not only would I, would I not be me, but I also assume that it's placed in there for a reason. Mm. I look at you and I look at the Dharma, man, what you're called to, with the things that you're called to bring into this world. I know without a doubt it took, it takes continually. It takes a lot of conquering, right? Yeah. Talking a little bit about when I met you stepping into pathway school, here you are a principal, bro, you're a principal of the academy. <laughs> That's just fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. Like, like. None of the principals growing up had any swag like yours, man. I couldn't stand. Now I'm, I'm sitting here talking to someone that's, I mean, you're you're head of uh, an institution that's about bringing light through education yeah. um, to really support and nurture and create a home for all these beautiful children, not just through the lens of soccer, but also creating a place where they can learn and be okay with learning differently yeah. and meeting them where they are. I'm just curious, like for you talking about the spirit of conquering, like how was that journey for you to be where you are right now? I think you're going into year two right yeah. now, right? So what are some of the things that you had to, for those who, people who are looking, taking this conversation in that could learn from you and what you had to conquer in order to be able to create that, manifest that outcome for yourself? Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I try to think about that a lot. And some people, I always go back to curiosity, just being mm. like one of my quote unquote, like superpowers. Yeah. It was just from curiosity and from passion. So, I mean, it's very easy for people to be like, oh, like chase your passion, this, that, the other. But it was more so curiosity and and kind of not being okay with things being the way they are. Mm. I like to question a lot of things. That was, again, back to curiosity, just yeah. questioning, questioning, questioning. And I always wonder when things have lasted for such a long time, I'm like, well, why hasn't that evolved? And I don't feel like school has evolved at all. Mm. I feel like it's been the hours that it is, it's built for like parents still in a nine to five. We live in a remote world now, mm. a global world. There's like that time constraint that existed mm. before because we were like in a physical aspect, working on physical labor, yeah. you know, and all those things like that doesn't exist anymore. And, and yeah, kids live differently now. Mm. They learn differently now. They're technologically advanced. So we're still trying to teach them in the old way. And I'm like, uh, this needs yeah. to evolve. What well, hasn't evolved in some ways. And then I just was able to, realize like, okay, let's tie that in with the passion of, of soccer. Mm. And when you hold kids accountable on the academic side with yeah. what they love, which is soccer, it's, yeah. it's beautiful because yeah. you're now like anchoring those things that For they sure. don't like education to yeah. soccer. And they're like, well, if you don't do the education piece, the soccer piece isn't going to happen. <laughs> and then you yeah. see the results happen. So yeah, you yeah, push people with the right levers and you'll get the right results. Mm. You know, when you were, when you, when you're trying to create something, when you're trying to burst something into existence, it's important to be around the community and the people that help nurture that yeah. idea, right? Everything's created twice, first in the mind, right? Before you can mm, see it. That's good. That's before a bar. Manif- bar. That's a bar. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for acknowledging twice. me. Thank <laughs> you for acknowledging me. Right? That's fine. Right? One of the things that you said to me was about making sure you had the right families, yeah. the right kids. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about as you were developing it, as you were looking for the space, as you were creating the concept of what you wanted to create. How important was it for you to make sure that you 
chose and you were mindful with who you shared this vision with. I know your wife is someone who gives you a ton of inspiration and love okay. and, and having her in your corner, I'm sure is like your superpower. But were you as intentional about making sure that you were fostering the vision that you had with the right kind of people that you knew would not only help promote that vision, but would help you get it across the finish line? Yeah, man, I think that's like for me, work is so integrated into my life that I can't have people that I don't enjoy the journey with yeah. alongside me and, or people that I don't value respect. And like you come across people that I understandably so like, that's just, I don't like judge people from that perspective, but they're doing it for a paycheck and that's mm -hmm. okay. Just not okay. Like in the realm that I'm in. Cause I'm like, okay, like we're all in here yeah. and it's a grind. And sometimes, you know, I get it. People are not maybe getting somewhat paid what they deserve because we're a startup and I didn't get paid year one yeah. and I'll finally maybe get a paycheck year two. Congrats. We'll see because I continue to invest in people. But yeah. like I try to lead by example from that perspective. And then you have certain people on your team. Like this guy, Luke stands out for me. Shout um, out Luke. Bro. He just has such a, a way of working. It doesn't matter. He, I didn't know this. This is actually a dope story. Okay. I didn't know this until the end of the year that he constantly would take are pennies that the kids would wear, okay. uh, the bibs, and he would take them home and wash them. And bro, for the longest time, I would think like, that's crazy that these bibs don't smell. <laughs> and like, not giving it enough intentionality, enough thought, I'd just be like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, I guess they're good. Yeah. And then one day the bibs were missing mm. and it was because Luke didn't come back. He, he had a like a dentist appointment or something. Mm. And I was like, guys, where are the bibs? Like, oh, Luke has them. I was like, why does he have them? He's like, oh, he washes them on the weekend. I was like... Mm. I just love that spirit. And he, he was never looking for like the, yeah. like the pat on the back or anything. He's just like, yeah. see something takes initiative on it. And like he wants to make the space better. So like to share the journey with people like that, yeah. that are intentional and are not just doing it for a paycheck, not just doing it for X. It's those are the people you look for. And, and to be honest, you get it wrong. Like that's part of the journey. So yeah, I've yeah. got it wrong already yeah, yeah, a couple sure. of times. Um, but one of the things that people, parents have said to me, which is super encouraging, yeah. is they're like, we appreciate like your transparency and recognizing you're wrong. Mm. And then kind of like you're iterating constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, I think of uh, Lexus, they had that tagline, the pursuit of perfection. I love <laughs> yeah, that. And you never dope. get there. I almost got a Lexus because of that. <laughs> I was like, I don't want no fucking Lexus. Oh, you never get it, but it's such a good right, tagline. Right, right, yeah, it yeah. always stuck with me. I was like, the pursuit of yeah. perfection. That's really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, that's kind of what we're on is trying to find that journey to, to that to that space. And we'll never get there, but yeah, always improving. Shout out to Luke, man. Yeah, he's great, bro. You know, it's funny, man. When you think about a garden or, or, or a rose, for example, you see a rose, you know, you understand that it takes the ecosystem to nourish the, the rose, the flower to its full bloom. Yeah. So you talk about Luke, and I'm sure there's other people that occupy that space of pathway for sure. that are able to carry on that same spirit because of what you're creating. Right. Yeah. Because of what you're gravitating towards, because of what you're seeking out with the people with whom you share the journey with. So uh, paying homage and in, in, in recognizing Luke for his kindness and for his selflessness yeah. has a lot to do with the environment that Luke comes to comes to to be of service with. Right. I think it you know, it starts, they say fish rots from the head head down. Right. So you being able to be an embodiment of that selflessness. I'm not giving you the credit for it. No, work, I get it. That's, that's saying, the thing that I struggle with, though. Know like, like, I feel like giving yeah, myself yeah. the credit is like, no. Yeah, yeah, But I get it. And it's the thing that, like, sticks out for me when I try to hire people also is, like, I always said that you can, I'd rather hire a good person than, like, a, a skilled person because mm. you can teach people skills. But you Facts. can't teach people to be good. Like, some of those things are just, like, innate. Like, that's a part yeah. of who you are as a person. And to change a human being, like, as an adult, it's not that you can't change, but 
it's like I'm not on that journey to work on you with that. Like I want you to come be a good human being and just be willing, like be mm. willing. And then from there, it kind of works itself out. You find the right people that, like you're saying, like the environment. And that's actually yeah. one thing that we're big on is curating our school environment, whether it yeah. be the parents, the kids, uh, making sure they're right fits, the teachers, everybody that we, everybody yeah. that comes into contact with the kids mm. is is vital. Yeah, it just plays such a big role. There's there's just impressionable yeah. the age that they're at. You know what? I love that, man. And I think that's exactly why I knew you were going to excel at this, bro. Like I said, he's the right person. I don't need to teach him the skill, the microphone. Look at him. His body language <laughs> is perfect. His voice, his tone. Come on, man. You know, like, so it's a skill. Like anyone can learn the skill, yeah, but yeah, it's right. Yeah. I agree with that all the way to the bone marrow. If you yeah. find people who are connected and aligned with what you want to create and pour into the world and have a way of showing up in the world that mimics what you want to gravitate towards, then greatness comes from that. Yeah. And you can teach all those other things. And I think it's our responsibility as individuals who create those environments, those homes to seek out those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's been for us at least year one and such a learning curve, but in every area of my life, I'm trying to be just that much more intentional about like you, like use the words who you're sharing the journey with. And mm. that's truly kind of what life is and who you do life with is, is important. And, you know, I love the quote that people say, like, friends are the family you chose. Mm. And I think that's such a interesting quote because, I mean, it, to a certain extent, like, it's real. It's like, those are the people that you decided to somewhat become your family. And and when you share the journey with them, like, we're, we're just transparent in every aspect of, like, in my home and in our mm. career that we're going to share with you everything. Yeah. Whether it's, like, the struggles, the goods, the bads. Yeah. And... It ends up making life to me that much more fulfilling. Yeah. Instead of living like surface level, you're For like sure. just going deep with people and and connecting them with on a deeper level. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. Well, speaking since you brought up speaking of struggles, right? Yeah. Challenges, adversities, right? I can't remember verbatim, but there was a quote that says, "You know, we don't evolve because of experiences; we evolve because of evaluated experiences." Oh, that's right? good. Right. Yeah. So being able to look back on year one. And be able to be where you are now and looking back, hey, this was a challenge. This was something that I learned. This was a big learning. This was something that I would avoid if I would do it again. Or this is what I would advise someone to pay attention to. If I were to ask you what was your, I guess, your 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 top learning from the first season? And what was your top challenge that you felt like you had to overcome? Like when you look back on year one, every time I talk to you right now, it's all future focus. Hey, Fa, we're going to crush it next season. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like that comes from being able to evaluate the things, all the wins, collect those wins, but also look at the helmet and see some of those nicks. Right. And be like, okay, what did I learn from that? So for those people who are at home, who are inspired by your story, they may not have their own academy or principle of anything, but they're trying to breathe something into this world that maybe they feel a little bit lost, or maybe they're just starting on that. Right. Being able to use you as a vehicle of that expression. What would you tell? What, what was one of your big main learns from the previous season? Some of the things you overcame? Yeah. Learning. I think naive. I'll yeah. get into that. And challenge. Uh, probably imposter syndrome. Mm. When you talk about me, I'm like a principal. And I'm like, yeah, it's so kind of a wild. Yeah, thought. yeah no, of course. Um, so naive, I would say, is the biggest learning just because. I was naive enough to believe I can pull it off. Mm. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous to think of, and it leads into the imposter syndrome as well, but naive enough to believe that parents, kids would trust me, a person that never went to college, mm -hmm. um, that never had an actual form, formal job, mm -hmm. um, to lead their children 
and to make sure that I hire the right people around me. Like that's mm-hmm. like when you put it out, when you lay it out like that, it's kind of like a crazy thought. It's like, okay, it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I was naive enough to believe I can pull it off. Yeah. Um, and not pull it off in a way where I'm like hustling people or anything. It's like, I'm doing it with the best intention, with the best heart. But if you were, if, if honestly anybody was to present that to me and like yeah. I'm investing in your business, I'd be like, yeah. sorry, like, no. Like, but D, don't you, to a certain extent, doesn't anyone who creates something that's transformative, anyone that helps breathe or birth anything new into this world has to have that element of naivete, right? Because you're going to go against so many I forces agree. that say you of all people shouldn't do it. I agree. Like even this conversation, there's so many podcasts, there's so right. many conversations, right? So I have to be naive enough to not give into that yeah. and know that what we're doing is something that exists in its own space because we're called to. But people struggle with know. that probably though. And no, that's what sure. I'm saying. That's, that's probably like where like a lot of the, like the roadblocks are for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like that n- me, like no way. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. How am I going to be the principal? Who, yeah. Who's going to sign up for the school? For sure. Like, how's this ever going to work out? So being naive enough to think I could pull it off is like something that I'm glad I had. Yeah. But I probably would bet a lot of people don't have, they don't mm-hmm. have, they're not naive enough and they're, they're too practical mm-hmm. to a certain extent where it's like, well, they write it down. They're like, this, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. They focus too much on the how. And don't connect consistently to the why. And just do. Yeah. I, like you learn by doing. Mm. That's part of my problem with school. Yeah. It's like, man, you're gonna go to four years, get into student loan debt, and then you're gonna get an entry level job that pays thirty five thousand, forty thousand. Yeah. I should have just started the entry level job then. Yeah, yeah. I know what I wanted to do when I went to school, right? Because they make you teach a major, they Facts, make you pick yeah. a major. So it's like, yeah. let me just start from that point then instead of putting me in debt. Mm. So like some of the things like that are backwards for me. So so naivete would be your gift yeah. that you would give. If you had to give the world <clears throat> one thing, it would be your, that would be the thing that you would give the world as they go out and embark to create something great, to have and to live yeah. expansive lives, yeah. to be more naive. I would say that it's, it's, it's intimidating, man. Like it's, it's yeah. intimidating. Like anything that you see in social media, you have all these, you can point to all the greatness and it's yeah. like, it's a big mountain to climb. For sure. So it's yeah. like being naive enough that I, yeah, I can climb that mountain. Why not me? Yeah. Like that type of mentality, that type of attitude is, is I wouldn't say common. It's, it's more, you'll, you'll more poke holes in your argument and be like, this is why it won't work. And yeah. to be honest, you'll probably come up with a lot of good reasons why it won't work. Like most people will. Absolutely. But I think if you're naive enough, you'll be like, <clears throat> yeah, I can be the principal yeah. of the school. Yeah. So. That resonates with me, man, because I, I, you know, I remember several years ago when we started, we started this movement called Breathe Life in yeah. Miami, where we would show up and I have a meditation background and we would hold these spaces that would harbor community and we would come together and share psychology experiences, but it would be poetry, live music. And I remember the course, this meditation teacher training course I finished, they were like, okay, well, where are you thinking about doing your meditation movement? And I said, Miami, they were like, Miami, like white linen party, Sean Cone, South <laughs> Beach, Miami. They're not conscious in Miami, yeah. right? But I was naive enough, using your word, naive enough to believe that this thing that I feel called to help breathe into the world is gonna serve. And then what started happening is that people resonated with that, yeah. right? It became something that grew a life of its own. And there's times where I'm up there and I know it's, I know it's running through me, right? I'm a vessel. Even this conversation, we're a vessel for what's being created here. There's no, like I had so many things I wanted to have on this desk, but I said, let's just flow and let's just see what, let's just see what the universe presents. So I think you being able to speak to how important it is to have that element of being naive, what you wanted to be brought into the world and doing that on a high level. um, What would you probably say would probably be the, 
one of your top one or two challenges that this one year, this first year it's presented. The imposter syndrome, which was yeah. one of those holes in that argument. It was one of the ones I was like, yeah. how could the kid that didn't go to college be the principal or the head of school? Mm. Call myself a kid, but in young thirties, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but still a kid. Yeah. Um, but I, that would be, that was the part, the hardest thing for me to overcome. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, reading, reading scripture. That's mm. what kind of like helped me make that transition to, you know, God like showing off or bragging is like getting those people that are unqualified and being like, well, look what I can do with this. Mm. This is easy. Yeah. Cause you know, God can put you in positions. God can bless you in certain ways. God can have divine appointments. God can speak yeah. through you. God can do all these things. And Amen. I let myself to that. Mm. Um, and then through reading scripture just empowered me a lot. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, again, just that naiveness was born again yeah. as we were on the journey again. It was just yeah. like, okay, I can do this. Um, I was built for this. Yeah. Um, I can be an innovator in the space. I can be one that, that changes like the future and have a bigger impact. And, and I was actually going to ask you when you, yeah. once you started to do breathe life, yeah. um, did others copy and, or did like other people come about from that and be inspired by you or copy you? Um, <laughs> did you start to see it pop up? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're all, I think, you know, there's no, there's no original thought, right? I think even, you know, even being on this space now, there's so many people. That's with a kind inspired, way of saying it though. Right. I'm just saying, I think, <laughs> I think, yes. To answer your question. Yes. But there's people whom inspire me to build what I built. And I, and I, I see I it as that. passing the torch when someone can look at anything that I create and say, okay, I can do it, but I'll do it. I'll put my own spirit and my right. own touch to it. Like even being able to create this space now, there's so many expanders for me who are influence, who influence how I knew I wanted my space to feel look, from looking out in the world and seeing what was or what, what was there or what was absent. So I think we're all kind of, I can't remember the quote again, but it says like, um, an amateur, uh, like, um, copies in a, a master stills or something like that. Okay. Right. We're all just finding ways to use, I get that. Right. And to expand versions of different expressions, but to make it our own. And I feel that. Way. And in fact, I, I agree with it, but for me, it's like, I'm sure there was someone that saw what you did and was yeah. like, bro, I could do that better than him. And they went in like, they're watching right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you. Now that I think about it, I'll just play. But that's, no, how I, right. that's how I feel about the school. I'm like, yeah. there's going to be those copycats. And it's funny. Like my partner is DJ and Chris. Yeah. And I tell them, I'm like, shout out DJ. Yeah, shout bro, out Chris. They're amazing. But like, I, we've talked about it now. Like we were fearful in the beginning, like, ah, oh, the yeah. idea, like hold it tight to the vest. And now we're like, please go and try to copy us because yeah, yeah. the work that it takes to do what we're doing, like respect to you now, if you can like beat this or be yeah. better than this, because it takes a lot. Um, and it takes like, you can't do it unless you're truly passionate about it. It's like, I feel like the work that we're doing is not something you can do like as a side hustle yeah. or as like the side gig. It's like, yeah. you have to be all in, you have to be invested. I mean, if you're doing it the right way, yeah. in my opinion, and I mean, yeah. the kids weigh on you, yeah. the kids weigh on you, their stories, well yeah. their, their families, how they express themselves to you. And you understand the responsibility you have. You have parents that have two jobs that are paying for this tuition, just to have their kid here. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. like that's, that's a crazy thought. Like yeah. I, the sacrifice you're making for your kid. Like I need to make sure I do the sacrifice, the same sacrifice as you. Like there's no for way sure. I'm going to be working less. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of that. And like the, the copycat thing, we're just like, yeah. I would just welcome it. Yeah, we're yeah. comfortable with it. But talk to me a little bit because you said something powerful, man. Talk to me a little bit about the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Because I think there's two things that come to my mind when I think about that. One, I think we spend so much time being taught that we should shame 
when it does show up as opposed to my approach to it is to share the space with it. When my imposter syndrome shows up. How do you share up, the space with it? Yeah. I, I connect to it. Right. I think especially. Like welcome yeah, it? yeah. I think I should live. Here's what, here's my, here's my way of kind of creating space with it. And this is why I tell my clients all, all the time. I want to continue to live a life that allows or creates the environment where my imposter syndrome feels it's needed. If I'm not occupying a path where I don't have a relationship, where I don't see him mm-hmm. as often, that means I'm living below my expectations. I get that. But if he can show up in an auditorium and I'm speaking to thousands, I'm going in the right direction. If he can show up when I'm writing my first book that I've been writing for several years now, then I'm going in the right direction. If he can show up when I'm coming over here meeting with Zach behind, shout out Zach behind the lens and shout out D, like, then I know I'm going in the direction that I'm called to. So right. would you say like where you're uncomfortable and where like you're expanding is, is like, oh, I never saw myself there. That's, that's where you have to be yeah. to like know you're on the right journey. I, I, to me, 100%. Right. I think sharing this space with people throughout the, the years and being able to be blessed to um, have them see a coach in me and share the road with me. What I realize is that often that imposterum, those doubts, um, again, those, those, those shortcomings in the way that we view ourselves come when we're living expanded versions of ourselves. Uh, you work with a lot of high net worth people. Is that an okay way of putting it? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen that in their journey? Where 100%. they're like, they're, they're constantly like in this state of uncomfortableness and like pushing, 100%. pushing, pushing? I think the biggest mm. miss. I think the biggest misnomer is that people assume that those people who accomplish mastery at their level are absence of imposter syndrome, right? Are absence yeah. of those moments of doubt. That's how we view them for sure. We're all, we're all having this human experience. We're all headed in the same powerful, beautiful direction, right? What they've been able to do is to befriend, I believe to befriend those moments of doubt, those moments of insecurity. And I truly believe that when you get to a certain level and you'll see it now on the path of pathway, like, when you're doing grand, expansive things and you start thinking outside of the box that you're in, then naturally you're going to feel uncomfortable because the ego wants to be safe. It wants to be in the mundane, the routine. Mm-hmm. So anytime you start thinking outside of even for me to shift from athlete to coach, that was like, hey, you're occupying a different space now. Like my ego, my belief, my identity is expanding now. So in that expansiveness, that's when the imposter is going to show up. So if you notice that your imposter syndrome only shows up when you're doing something that's expanded forward, your imposter syndrome doesn't show up if you're kind of playing it safe or playing back or playing down. How long after playing did you start coaching in this capacity? In this capacity? Yeah, like in this form. Years, years. How many years? I think probably, probably six years, seven years. I think I started with I started with movement and I'm glad you brought that up. I started with movement because as someone who played who played football at a high level for majority of his life, movement was the next movement was the most accept, acceptable next step that right. my ego could yeah, take. Yeah, that makes sense. To where everyone else around it's me related. felt okay. It's related, yeah. Right, everyone was like, "Okay, yeah, we can see you doing that." Right. Right. Okay, yeah. We give we'll sign off on that, right? Universe, <laughs> everyone, community, yeah, society. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, football that player goes sense. to movement. Okay, yeah. cool. So I think what I realized and where where I kind of felt like God was calling me is it wasn't it wasn't the bodies, it wasn't the movement. It was being able to take this expansiveness of this human being and using movement as a vessel. And when I started to connect with the fact that by me showing up in movement required me to leave some of my gifts and some of the ways I was called to show up in this person's life on a shelf. I realized that this shell is no longer, I'm expanded outside of this shell now. 
right? And I never forget, I took a trip to, after my, my sister Leah passed away, I took a trip to, um, shout out Leah, um, to Canada for Lululemon. And there was this person there and they did this beautiful ambassador summit. And I've never been in a space where all their, all their desire was to just pour love into you with no, with no desire, That's no fine. need. Right. So we're sitting here like in this auditorium, return, just like love. nothing in return. That's amazing. We're sitting here in this auditorium and I had, and I had two function studios at the time where I had employees, I had movement and I never forget the person whom I never met was having, he was presenting. So he's toggling back and forth and he stopped mid stage and I'm in the back, right? I'm in the back, you know, some, some guys that I met girls that I met within the, I'm there now, this is the third day there. So you meet your, yeah, you have yeah. your crew you have a little, yeah. and he stops and he looks directly at me. I can't make this up. He looks directly at me. He goes, if you find yourself owning a studio and when it's all said and done, all the lights are off, you stand in the middle of that studio and yet you still feel like something is missing. Something is left unfulfilled. There's something else that you need. There's something else that you yearn for then probably one of the most courageous things you can do in that moment is to allow yourself space to grow into something differently. And I think before that, before hearing that, I had all the logic outweighing the what I was feeling inspired to do. Well, so what am I going to do? Wanted with, to be coaching. Well, I knew I wanted to. Mentor. I knew I want. To, I, yeah, I knew I want to work on the 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 psychological, spiritual aspect of development. Like I wanted to occupy this space that I'm in. Damn. And I think as I started going through life a little bit more, I started realizing how powerful of a driver that a calling that was for me. And now I feel in this version of myself, I'm exactly where I'm called to be. I'm doing the exact kind of work of as I believe put in this world to do. So right? the Lululemon Canada ambassador summit happens. Do, yeah. do you go to your studio and do turn I off came the lights? Home, yeah, I came. Because you're came like back. a visual aid person. Bro, yes. So like, did you go and do yes. that practice? I did. That's I drove crazy. up. I went straight to the studio, Damn. shut off all uh, shut off all the lights um, in the movement studio um, in South Miami. Like for real? Like a... I, you know what? I knew on the flight. Oh, okay. I think because it was on the hills of Aaliyah, I knew that I needed... To make a shift. Right? Because my sister Aaliyah, she was big on, you're playing too small. You're playing too small, you know, right. You know, this isn't what God has called you to do. You know, you need bigger. Like, why are you, why are you playing around? Like, what is this? So that, and then had that experience, I came home and I was like, I know what I need to do. And I was terrified, right? Because I'm like, I got to start all over. Now I have, I have fitness articles published in top five fitness magazines. Like I'm working with celebrities and athletes for this space. People know me for this form of, of connection or, or purpose. Now to completely plug that out and to allow yourself to grow into something differently and being okay with that, no, it's right? That's, you know, it's not hard. to mention the people in the lives that you impact, right? The, the movers that, that call your home home, the clients that call your home home, right? So when you're sometimes when you're evolving out of that, right? Logic tells you not to do it, but that's where you have to be a little bit naive and saying, Hey, that there's people who are with me on this journey who aren't with me for the outcome necessarily on the external they're with me because the connection, what we have internally and what yeah, we're but doing, that is crazy. Cause you're like what you're saying, it's on the logic side. You're like, I'm sure at that point you have a successful business and you're yeah. like, I'm just going to like ride out. Yeah. That's 100%. That's crazy. 100%. That's a lot of conviction. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why, like, I think I knew without a doubt as we bore it, as, as we literally birth into this new path with this, extended version of my podcast and these conversations, I wanted to share this initial space with someone that 
had came through that same fire. And when I look at you and when I look at what you're pouring into this world, man, logic would tell you to turn away, right? But there's this calling, there's this dharma that you have to pour into the world. And I respect that and it's blinding sometimes, right? So then I just enter with caution, put shades on. (laughs) So let's give the people something to inspire, right? So let's, let's talk about next year. As we're, you yeah. know, what, what are, give me two things that you're looking forward to breathing in with pathway, um, this upcoming season. Hmm. Um, definitely improving on what we did last year and that's vague, but it's just, it's actually vague intention because there's so many areas that we can improve. Sure. In. Um, so I think from that perspective is one and, and then number two, I, I really want to create better human beings. Like mm. we, we say that we're making our school is intended to make better human beings, better mm. students, better athletes in that order. Nice. Um, and that human being portion, not that it fell short. It's just like, we're, I grade myself harshly and like we could have been way better in every capacity. So it's like, we have to make better human beings and that's at the forefront. Mm. And that starts with the people you hire mm. and the people that are, that are actually going to make the impact alongside you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to be last year was just so fast. Everything was like, I'm hiring my, my head of education mm-hmm. teacher two weeks before we start. Mm-hmm. And so we're just scrambling. There's no handbooks. There's no processes yeah, in place. Yeah. You're learning on um, the fly kind of. And that, that was the reality of it. But this year there's a lot more intentionality and I don't even think like I'm big on, I, so I, I, I would say I'm big on meetings, but I hate, I personally hate meetings. Mm. Um, I think they're very wasteful, mm-hmm. but I think every now and again, it's important to like recalibrate. Hey, let's get everybody on the same vibe, like on the same yeah. land, wavelength. And let's talk about this vision. Let's talk about this mission that we're on. Like I, it gets, you get into routine and you kind of forget the impact that you're having. For sure. So if you're able to like to zoom out and be like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like take a step back and really think about what you're doing. You're impacting human beings. They spend eight hours a day with you. Yeah. They're, they're with you in a physical aspect. You're guiding them mentally. You're guiding them academically and you're guiding them spiritually in some way. So the way I always tell them, like the way you say hi to me, the way mm-hmm. I say hi to Zach, when he comes to shoot content, like all that stuff matters Yeah, for sure. because they're so impressionable. They're picking up on every habit that we have, every body language, mannerism, all these mm-hmm. things. Like even it's funny because even they're, like little jokes and mannerisms, I bring home sometimes. And my wife laughs. She's like, bro, there's this thing that the kids say, they're like, okay, bro. And like I come home and I say that to my wife and she cracks up. Bro. Oh, I love it. But those things are so important. And yeah, I course. didn't do that at all last year because it was just so go, 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 go. Like yeah, yeah. plugging holes here, plugging holes here. And like just putting out fires constantly. And I mean, on the outside, like, again, mm. I was like relieved to hear parents say like that didn't show. Yeah. Like the ones that are like, I'm a little bit more honest with and a little more transparent with. They were like, hey, that didn't show. Like you did a great job. Yeah. But like on the inside, you live with that guilt because you're like, no, this could be so much better. Like this is, you guys thought this was good. Like yeah, we yeah. good. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a lot more comfortable because yeah, yeah, of that. But yeah. I can't wait to like inspire staff, inspire the people that are on this journey with me to be like, to almost carry that weight that I carry on my shoulders, which mm. is just like, there's going to be 45, 50 human beings in here that are here for a reason mm. and they're here to learn and grow but don't just think they're here to learn and grow in the traditional fashion of school academics mm. or soccer practice. Like yeah, yeah. they're here to grow as human beings. Thanks. So like all the little things that are like the time you show up, how you're dressed, like all mm. these things add up. And it's just like little details that I would say my wife helped me understand yeah. a lot more where she's like, all these things add up. And it's true because 
when a parent comes, it, it's funny, we started a pathway out of a warehouse. Mm. And one of the hardest things to overcome is you're stepping into a warehouse to drop your kid off for school. Yeah. Not the best look. Right. It's like, okay. Um, so when people come to our school now, it's like, we look like a school. We're in a yeah, school campus. We are now. a school. Yeah. But the way I dress, the way I present, I, the way I present myself, the way I speak, yeah. um, there's some of that, hey, we have to overcome this, mm -hmm. this stigma that we may have because we're a soccer school. So mm -hmm. there's so many things that we have to be intentional about. And that's what I'm probably most excited for mm -hmm. is to inspire the people I'm working with to, to understand like the importance of what we're doing. Yeah. Cause it's not just a job. It really isn't. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it is a job fine, but like there's a lot more attached to this job. There's a lot of influence that you have in this job that you don't have in a traditional job, like data entry or mm -hmm. you're an office admin, not to knock those jobs, but they're just different in the aspect of impact. For sure. Um, and so the, the ability to impact this many kids is, mm -hmm. is a crazy thought now. Yeah. And now you're growing, right? Yes, Last I mean, season you had, how many in this season you have? We started with 21. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the season, we added seven. We're at 28. Mm -hmm. um, 25 of those kids are coming back. And now we added, we have 47. Mm. We're supposed to be capped at 45. So we technically have a wait list going on intentionally. Mm. <laughs> Man, look how Which God is amazing. Works, huh? Yeah, bro. It's amazing. Um, Waitlisted people. That's dope. <laughs> scarcity, baby. Marketing tactic. <laughs> I, love I love you. You really got 50 seats when you're showing full yeah. capacity. You're the nightclub yeah. that has a line out. There you go. And nobody's in. But the fine girl comes, you know. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, man, we're like at, we're at that space and that's mm. a crazy thought, but it's, it's relieving in some ways, you know, the yeah. proof of concept. Um, but it's again, the weight on the shoulders is still back there. It's still like, okay, heavy because it's like, yeah, there's that much more responsibility, that much more importance. And today I was interviewing what I think is going to be our, our head of education this upcoming year mm. <clears throat> and spending hours interviewing this summer. But mm -hmm. that this, this person that I hire is like so important because I just can't get it wrong. It's no, like such an important key person. And yeah, yeah. we had some turnover the first year. Again, those are like just the, the things that happen, they're yeah. just, they're just going to happen in business, but for sure. But I'm like, I'm so intentional in making sure that I know what to look for now. That's been yeah. a big learning. I yeah. would say also. So I'm really yeah. excited about this upcoming year in that, in that capacity. Bro, I'm so excited to see this upcoming season, man, this upcoming year. Cause when you think about it, again, you're someone that, you know, heavy lies ahead that wears a crown. I think you understand what you're called to pour into this world. And I think it's that desire to manifest that in this excellence that drives you. And to be inspired is to be in spirit by someone. And you inspire me, man. Just being around you and seeing with you where you allow yourself to dream without needing someone else's permission to have that dream. And I love the fact that you're still going through imposter syndrome because that means you're going in God's direction for yeah. your life, right? So I want to continue to find ways to pull that up. And I want you to continue to inspire me to be in environments where it comes up, right? Because I mean, usually... You're great, though. Yeah. You, I can, you're great. I'm always, I'm like you, man. I'm constantly, I'm always evolving. It's, I constantly want to The first day see. you came to our school though. Yeah. It was great. That was a special day for me, that man. That was fire. Even that the, was a special the day. transition, I won't forget. I talked about it with Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, and my favorite yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, ah, uh, bah, bah. <laughs> I was like, damn, yeah. that was, that's just like. But you, you made, you made me feel at home, man. And again, you, you are the embodiment of that ecosystem, right? Which is why. Again, I know it's hard sometimes to allow, um, let those who water others be watered themselves. So I know sometimes it's hard to hear that, but but you're having an impact. Um, uh, I'm blessed to be able to do this work with people who inspire me. You inspire me. Um, I also believe that we could, we can give, 
We can give energy, we can give intention, we can give thought without even being next to someone, right? As a community, as a society, we can feed, right? Whatever you feed nourishes, grows. So when you think about like people who are taking this in and everything that you want to manifest and you said, hey, if this one thing I want the world to give me, I want my community to give me, is it love? Is it courage? Is it strength? Like what's, what's one thing that you can call our listeners, call our mindful community to pour into to, to Danny as he continues on his mission? Man, for those that like, obviously I do life with, yeah. it's encouragement. I didn't realize how much, I'm not like, you know, love languages, words of affirmation, things of those nature. Like, I don't know. I don't really feel like I need them at times. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, I remember after graduation day mm. um, or like end of year ceremony, mm -hmm. there was a couple of parents that messaged me just their thoughts on like appreciation and kind of just encouraging me on what you're doing is beautiful. Mm. What you're doing is meaningful. And it's in uh, the words that they use or like the phrase that they use was like, it's rare to find someone that is as passionate about something as they are good at it. Mm. And these are people that I, that I respect yeah. um, who they are as people too. So it just, it like hit me in a way and I was like, I didn't think like, you know, that a yeah. little bit words of encouragement or a little text message could, yeah. could move me in that way. Mm -hmm. um, get kind of emotional. Cause I was like, damn, like those, those words are big. And I wouldn't expect that. Like my yeah. personality type doesn't, I wouldn't yeah. say lends itself to that, but when mm -hmm. I do get sometimes those authentic words of encouragement, they're like, yeah, it hits you. Well, I got some, I got some words for you. <laughs> the next one, this is only part one. We're going to, we're going to bring you back into this space. <laughs> Um, how do we, how do we stay in touch with you for someone who's inspired by your story? They want to donate to your cause or they just want to just yeah. sing you light, you know, brain, maybe they have a, a, a student athlete in the Miami area that they want to sing your way. How do, how do we stay connected with, uh, with all your creating and personal Instagram is easiest Villegas 1919 in the bios, everything I'm associated with from the school to the nonprofit to my other businesses. Um, so that's, that's the best way to, to kind of get in touch and, before we hit, before we yeah. end, because I, I was curious earlier, you mentioned mm. Leah had said to you, um, God called you to something bigger. Yeah. What was her faith like? Mm. So I was raised in a Muslim household. Yeah. Um, I, I, I transitioned into spiritual practice when I moved away, high school, college. Um, Just you? No, so I, was, I, I think my sister, Leah, I think she was also in the space where she had a really profound relationship with spirituality. Culturally, she had some influences of Islam, um, but she was finding her own way, developing her own relationship with that higher entity and that energy. Mm -hmm. So I think her and I really connected with each other on that space where we were okay with defining it the way that we wanted to define it within those conversations. And I think whenever we had conversations with other people from our family, it needed to be a certain way in yeah. order to be expressed. Yeah, yeah. So I think when she referenced that in that conversation, I knew I knew the force with whom she was referencing without it needing necessarily be said. That's yeah, dope. Yeah. I love that. But I'm, 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 I'm honored that you brought her spirit back into this conversation. What well, she had an influence on you. Still does. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that the first time we met. Yeah. 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 And I was like, down yeah. to, I mean, like obviously a powerful story, Yeah, yeah. but it's just like, well, her and Zakia, that's why I keep this, but reminds me, there's two things I want to leave you with. One, um, the crossball. Zakia, Leah, this is where this comes into my consciousness. May you... They play lacrosse? No. Oh, <laughs> my, my sister, Leah, clown me. She clowned me on my lacrosse ball being an anchor, our last conversation we had. Yes. And she said that she was going to start 
finding a lacrosse ball. And I told her I would mail her one. So now everywhere I go, you'll find these around. May you, may you bounce through any moments of adversity, any moments of imposter syndrome, any moments where you feel like you doubt yourself. May you bounce the way this bounces off of a wall or a floor and a rubber band that I gave you. May you continue to find ways to stretch yourself, um, to be in those environments where that imposter syndrome shows up. I truly believe you're called to something great. And I look forward to see what you, what you have in store. I'm Thank honored you, to share the road, brother. Thank Same. you for taking time for this conversation. Yes, sir. Appreciate and, um, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll meet again. See ball, think ball. See ball, think ball. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs>